Okay, welcome back. So, now that you're all comfortable, I'm going to ask you to move. <laughs> um, I'd like you to find a place in the room where you can sit with a chair and a, and a chair across from you or on a cushion with a cushion across from you, something like that, and just you can scatter out, you can take chairs or cushions off to the side if you want to. And so the idea is that the cushion in front of you or the chair in front of you is close enough that it's you have your eyes closed, you can shift over there. deep breaths, and as you do, let yourself notice any physical tension in your body. And breathe into that. And on the exhalation, let go of that tension. Long exhalations. 
Now take a few breaths, deep breaths, and let go of any emotional tension. Where is it holding your body? for the benefit of all beings and for yourself. Now I'd like you to decide Is it cold? Is it hot? 
so warm what's its temperature Now let it become a being. <coughs> if an inanimate object shows up and invite it to become a being, what would you look like if you are a being? See if you can see its arms, legs, hands, face. Notice its color. What is the surface of its skin like? does it have? What's its character like? What's its state of mind? Emotional state. these three questions, just repeat them in your mind after I say them. What do you want from me? What do you need from me? How will you feel if you get what you need?
now change places. Go over there. Sit in the demon's place. <coughs> Answer comes about how the demon will feel. Trade places, go back to your own space. That is this quality 
it's going to flow towards the demon and the demon will take it in. In whatever way your imagination decides. This nectar is unlimited. until it's completely satisfied. If at any point it feels like the steaming is not ever going to be satisfied. You can just say, what would you look like if you were satisfied?
there's a being there you can ask in your mind if this being is your ally. you by 
protect you by. I pledge to you that I will You can gain access to me by yourself and let yourself rest.
surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the demon's a little baby, little infant. <laughs> Yes. I, I was also surprised that it wasn't the imaginary creatures that I thought I would... No gargoyles? No. It, it was... Um, the demon was a orca, a whale, a killer whale. Oh. And it was telling me, you think I'm cool, but I don't ever let you see my teeth. Uh, and then... You know, I kind of jumped ahead, and it was like, oh, no, you're going to turn into a dolphin. I just know it. <laughs> and it, it didn't. It turned into a big, gray whale oh. with particles all over it. Mm-hmm. And it was all about space. Space. You know, what do I need to feel safe? I need lots of space. They both needed the same thing. I mean, they offered the same thing. And it was all the same. And what I found was I kind of started tripping on, well, what does this mean? And I was trying not to get caught up in the image and what it meant. Were you able, when the mind would kick in, were you able to go back into the body? I was able to go into the space. The space. Because it's all about space. And the ocean and the space. All these symbols for things. This is about, yeah, I thought, not totally, but, <laughs> yeah, it was, because you're surprised, it's like you don't, you, you know, you, you don't have a, a preformed reaction. Yeah. And you try and find one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so as you continue with this, um, <clears throat> you know, anyone, if, if we go back into the body, the mind will have its little commentary, you know, <laughs> go back in, into the box. It sounds really... Obviously, you did let the image of the ally come out of that, that... It came out of that space. That's what made it surprising. Yeah, and the image of, of the demon came out of the body when I started to describe the body and yeah. try to figure out what it was, and then it was obvious what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I found the um, the instruction about coming from the body hugely useful. It made a huge difference for me. And I've actually done um, something in therapy called voice dialogue, where you sit in two different chairs and mm-hmm. you speak from different parts of your own self. So it touches on some of those similar things, but it's it's always. It was very useful to me, but it really came more from the head, and that like grounding in the body was really huge, and it was um, in like emotionally exhausting for me. That was a short yeah. time, yeah. but I feel like minutes. if I had like had an intense argument with someone for four hours or something, that's kind of how I feel. Like I feel really exhausted wow. by it, okay. but I mean in a good way. Yeah. Like it's just like that. Uh, yeah. That, the body part is um, really useful. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, tremendously useful. Um, so much so that how many of you are familiar with the process called focusing from way back? Yeah, few. Okay. 
That arose out of work at the University of Chicago when Carl Rogers was there, and his students were people like Eugene. I never know if his name's pronounced Gendlin or Gendlin. Gendlin. And um, Thomas Gordon, who developed parent effectiveness training and all the other trainings in that in that line. And um, at the beginning of the book, focusing, uh, Eugene Gendlin describes that. They were really wondering why more people don't have better results in therapy. And they started videotaping sessions with people. <coughs> Excuse me. And they got to the point where there were the people there were people who would have good results in a relatively short amount of time and there were people who just didn't seem to have good results. And they got to the point where they could identify in the first or second session if this person, brand new person, was going to have good results in therapy or not. And they could even teach a graduate student what to look for, and a graduate student could predict this person's going to have good results, and this person's just going to struggle and flounder and not really get anywhere. And that was what gave rise to that process focusing, because they said that some people came in already with the ability to locate their experience inside their body mm-hmm. and work with it from inside the body. Mm-hmm. So that's how the focusing process evolved. And it's good. And after working with these other processes, uh, if I going back and looking at that book, there's a lot more there than I could really use effectively at the time because I didn't understand it so well. But this brings it more into clarity and focus and more um, laser sharp. So that's what we're doing. Yeah? I think um, I was really hoping that this practice would eliminate all my suffering talks about kinds of suffering and I got in touch with the suffering of not getting what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very unhelpful. You know, the, the, I like the practice, but it was like that's what I got in touch with. And I felt like that's not close to that. Um, not a silver bullet, not a magic thing, but it's like, okay, that's useful. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, it's like, I think practice takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> Learn a new practice so that it begins to, you know, kind of mind can flow with it more. And I, I appreciated the connection with um, the mind in an intuitive way and the body as the anchor of the practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're all coming from different kinds of experience, obviously, the causes and conditions that bring us to this point in time. And some of us have had more of an influence to help us read our own body, just like those people who would come to therapy. And some of us haven't, so sometimes people have a very hard time feeling that sense in their body, and it takes some practice. 
And so I know some people who just practice that. Like, on, on, you know, through their day, what am I feeling? Where is it in the body? What am I feeling? Where does it present in the body? And just like you're saying, you practice and you get good at it. And then, you know, when we practice that and we get better at it, then we can sit down and more, you know, stuff happens. And I just have one final question. There was an area in my body and my throat that felt kind of occluded, and I, like, it, it didn't become part of the demon in some sense. It felt like it, I couldn't quite make that mm-hmm. flow. I mean, if you have any guidance or suggestions about places in the body that don't yeah, I don't think it's a particular place in the body. Did you wind up uh, noticing the? Did you use a different place in the body, or did you stick with that? But it wasn't quite. I used. I, I used. Um, I mean, I just felt into the different parts of the body. But yeah. It was more my hands and um, grasping um, mm-hmm. from my head and my mouth. Okay. So it wasn't that I wasn't aware of my body. But I felt like I. There was something there that wanted mm-hmm. to unfold it that could that didn't. Okay, so kind of a gray spot. You know, this kind of leads us into a little bit different territory, but it's all related. When we work with the body, um, it's very much related. When we work with the body, you know, we're working with energy, and our our energetic. Um, body, if you will, sometimes has blockages or blank spaces, parts that we can't quite feel, places where we can't quite move the energy through. And and that's valuable to notice um, because it's when we have the ability to have bring energy through our whole body and when we can sense every part of our body and we can feel energy through it. I don't mean everybody has to feel energy, but I think it has a sense. It's very common to have a, a space that quite doesn't have, can't, can't bring awareness in. So it's very useful to work with that, whether you use something like Tai Chi or Qigong or yoga or... Um, I really like uh, Donna Eden's energy medicine. If you look it up online, you can watch her do YouTube clips of things, and she's got a couple of really good books on energy medicine. And there's so much you can do for your health, which of course is all related to what we're doing today. Um, Spiritual practice without a health element is lacking something. So, help us know what, what's happening here in this fathom-long body. And when we find places that are blocked, or places where they're kind of blank, and our consciousness just kind of skips over that part, is that kind of, then it's really useful to pay attention to that and to work with that. And you can very gently work with that in various ways. So... With um, Donna Eden's work, for example, uh, you can learn to trace and flush, flush and trace the meridians. These are the meridians that are used in Chinese medicine. You can use Qigong to move energy in an orbit through the body or all different kinds of other ways. So you can work with that throat area. 
and just see if you can begin to move energy through there. Just um, qigong is great because there's thousands of qigongs. You can even make them up on your own. <laughs> it's your energy. <laughs> I mean, in the vast sea of energy that we're all standing, sitting, walking, and lying down. But, um, you know, do that. And then don't let a part of your body be kind of orphaned or blank or missing. And it's, it's just something that happens. We come in contact with so many forces and conditions and they have various impacts on us. If we pay attention to the body at the energetic level, we can resolve a lot of illnesses before they start. So I find that it's really important not to brush it off like it's nothing. That doesn't mean there's any illness starting. I don't want to make that connection, but just yeah, like, whoa, there's, there's, hmm, okay. What things go to do? Yeah? Um, could you speak a little bit about the process, the process about the point at which the date, changing the date into an ally? I've done that very well. Yeah, it may be that in the kind of group process, it's a little challenging because I'm moving at a pace that, you know, individuals might not be ready for. And, so it's it's a way to get to know the process a little bit, and then this afternoon you can do this on your own at your own pace. So what might have happened is that you maybe just needed a little more time. And basically the idea there is that the demon, as the demon is eating, was the demon able to eat? Yeah. Great. If the demon wasn't able to eat, that's okay too. You just have to give it, you know, like, if you were able to eat, how would it be? (laughs) Or give it more time, or, you know, see what's needed at the moment. But the the thing that happens is when the demon gets to the point where it's really satisfied, it doesn't want to take any more in, then... There's the demon's different then, and maybe that didn't quite happen yet. Yeah, yeah. This was, you know, I was apprehensive at first, but man, it was so <laughs> beneficial. It was so good. My demon is so huge. It's this molten lava thing that just has tentacles and just. Devours and it's very intense. And it drank the nectar and it shrank, which was ironic because instead of gorging and getting huger, it shrank because it was very peaceful. And then it vowed to always be there. It's, it's good essence, you know, the, the good essence of this huge demon vowed that it would always be there for. Yeah. As a friend, yeah, it's really great. Yeah. I thank you for this process. Mm. I've never experienced anything like this. Mm. And thank you for this process. I thank her for this process too, every, every time. <laughs> yeah, good. good. Um, in the back first, and then you. Yeah. 
Well, I was surprised. It makes total sense to me that my demon was um, a fire-breathing dragon. But the funny part about it was it was more like a cartoonish one, like like silly looking, not mm-hmm. like fierce looking. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I asked him why he you know was harassing me or taking my energy, and he said because he didn't feel very powerful. And in order for him to feel powerful, he had to take my power away from me. Yes. And when we traded places, I could feel he had really itchy skin, and he was bumpy and green. But again, he was like kind of cartoonish and and, uh, not really that scary. And so um, when I gave him the nectar, it was this big bottle of a milky substance, and he was like, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) And like his belly was full, and he was like really satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I say you don't, you know, you don't have to take my power away for you to feel powerful. And he was, he was like, okay, I feel happy now. It's, you know, my nourishment. And so we certainly became friends. But it totally made sense to me because I feel like all my life I keep giving my power away for, to other people mm-hmm. to make them feel powerful, mm-hmm. to make them comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it, it totally made sense to me. So what was the quality of the nectar? Uh, well, it was like a milky substance. Yeah, but like, you know, like the quality of what he said he would feel when he got what he needed? Do you remember? Uh, well, then he was satisfied, and he felt, he realized he didn't have, that he could feel powerful within himself, mm-hmm. and he just didn't need me. Was the nectar power, or was the nectar safety, or what? Um, you know, you it was know. more like satisfying, nurturing. Mm-hmm. Felt nurturing. Yeah. 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 Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's funny how these realizations and how it plays out in our life and in our habits comes to life. Now, habits is something else that I find really interesting and I think there's a tremendous gold mine in habits and looking at our habits. So you identify this is this is a habit. Mm-hmm. Any habit made conscious can be changed. So this is a really good step in making that habit conscious. For a habit to be changed, we have to see what the behavior is. That's the easy part, actually. We have to see what the trigger is. What happens that causes us to do this habit? It can be something related to the habit or not. It could be, oh, it's three o'clock, it's time for my cookie. (laughs) Or it can be, Someone just looked at me the way my mother looked at me just before she hit me. Who knows? And then, once we see the trigger, we also need to look at what comes after we do the habit. Is it a sense of satisfaction? Is it a sense of safety? Is it a sense of I completed this thing I was supposed to do? Or what, what exactly is it? 
because that's kind of the payoff, even if it's not a great payoff. Um, we do have reasons for continuing to repeat behaviors. If we do that work, we can take that behavior and remove it from the equation and put something healthy in there. Just That's just a little <coughs> option <coughs> to explore. Thing. 
it, the demon might look different. Um, it might feel in a different place in the body. Just always come back fresh, even if it's the same. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.